Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. We are live. It's so good to be back with you. I was in Southern California for a week or so, and I'm back. I'm so encouraged to be back on the radio with you. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. We're a suburb of Denver for you guys listening on Truth FM and Hope FM and other stations around the country. Um, Aurora is an eastern suburb of Denver, a fine city. Uh, Colorado is number six on the list. I didn't, I should have jotted down the the um, I should have saved the article, but I was reading an article recently of states that are being uh, migration states, you know, the states with the most popular <clears throat> population uh, increase uh, with all this COVID transition. And Colorado's number six. Uh, and Colorado has always been a very attractive state to move to. Uh, and that's one of the reasons that I believe the Lord put it upon our heart. Uh, to move out here in 1999. Yes, we just celebrated 21 years as a church. Unbelievable. What a grace-filled time uh, that God has allowed us to serve this fine city. And we are grateful for it, have relationships with many, many different churches and pastors and believers throughout our city, collectively in Christ, the body of Christ, uh, not just simply the Calvary Chapel little segment of family of churches, but we are the church, capital C, in Christ. Isn't that great? 303-690-3000. Don't misunderstand that. Uh, I love our little family of churches, but I also love other families. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? I do. Um, And so... um, Call me, 303-690-3000. That's how the show works. We take your calls and your questions, 303-690-3000. You can text me. Text line is wide open. Uh, it's actually now a 24-hour prayer line, but it's all, it's used in this hour to take uh, text questions and even prayer requests if that's what where you are in your heart. Uh, <clears throat> so give us a call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Here's the text number, 720-336-0897. And they are two different numbers. Sometimes they get mis- mistaken. The 690-3000 is for phone calls for on the air only. The 720-336 number is for texts only. And if you mix them up, it it just doesn't work. You know, people leave messages on the text line and they text the call line. So I know it takes some time. If you put them in your phone and, you know, put Calvary Live Voice, Calvary Live Text, they'll be perfect. Then you won't have to remember anymore. You can just tell Siri to call or text. 
303-690-3000. Had a great time on the uh, at, uh, at Calvary Church last night. Pastor Everett Padilla taught through 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I wasn't there because I returned from Southern California with a little bit of a cold. And because of the COVID protocols, uh, I can't, uh, I'm not supposed to go back to work to infect anyone or get anyone sick because then it starts, well, they don't know. I've already had COVID uh, and I know if I take a test, I'll probably test positive still. They say you can for 90 days. Uh, This is not COVID. I'm 99.9% 99.9% positive. It's just one of the, if it was pre-COVID days, it, it, this is the kind of sickness I have. It's a little bit of a head cold that you'd pop some Dayquil and you'd go into the office. Um, but we're in different days now and I want to honor the people that I work with. I want to honor the fact that we have kiddos on the property uh, with our academy and I want to be obey. I want to obey the law to the best of my ability. So I didn't go in. Pastor Everett, as has been the case with most of the guys recently, these last minute uh, fill-ins. And I just listened to his message. Very good. Uh, The Lord has a unique perspective uh, through each of our pastors on our team here, a unique perspective of how to deliver a message applicationally, uh, because the text is the text, right? Uh, Whenever you're teaching a Bible study, the text is the text, and there's only one meaning to the passage. There's not 10 meanings 15 meanings. There's only one. However, what's beautiful about the body of Christ and teachers is that depending on who's teaching, they're going to take different emphases. The Holy Spirit's going to use their personality. He's going to use their experience. Like I, I had forgotten uh, that uh, with Everett, he shared in the message that at 18, before he was saved, and he's got a radical testimony, um, as most of us do. Um, not, Everett, not all of us, but most of us do. Uh, he has a radical testimony, you know, um, uh, I will let him share it, but he did share in the message that he was in a uh, car accident, uh, drinking and driving car accident when he was 18, he rolled a car, and I knew about that, but I what I had forgotten is that he was bedridden for five months, and all the things that God taught him as an unbeliever being bedridden, and his mom taking care of him, and, and now looking back, I mean, this man loves God. He loves his wife. He loves his daughters. He's such an amazing man, family man, supporting uh, and encouraging his family in New Mexico and, and then being a part of our church and then being on staff now for many years. Um, the brother uh, is a blessing. So listen to the The reason I'm sharing this, go to our website. Go to our app. Uh, you can go to the app store, however you get your apps. Put in the name Ed Taylor. That will pop up both the Grace FM app, it should, and the Calvary Church app. And then just go to recent studies, and uh, Pastor Everett will be there. We have quite a few guests lately. Pastor, my son, Josh, I, I could speak all day on, on him as well, how God uses him. Uh, we have um, Pastor Ryan Davis, uh, who is the former pastor up at the Calvary in Evergreen. Uh, he uh, he shared uh, while I was away. Pastor Roy shared. So, so good. Um, I... I I love doing what I do, but I also love seeing the men and women around me opportunity. Even as I last night, as I was watching online, uh, we had one of the sisters, um, a couple of the sisters, uh, leading our prayer time, and it was just so sweet and encouraging to see their gifts and talents. So awesome, good stuff. Go to our website, calvaryco.church. Uh, phone lines are, are open. We got two open lines. Calls are starting to come in. Uh, before I take that first call, uh, I'm going to. 
<clears throat> I'm going to answer this question. Hey, Pastor Ed, uh, it's a text question. Uh, what part of the Bible would you take someone to show them the term born again doesn't mean a physical birth, um, uh, doesn't mean a physical birth, uh, a physical rebirth? Um, I would take them exactly to where do we get that phrase in John chapter 3 because the Jesus answers that question himself to Nicodemus. Like that, the same concern, you know, like the same concern that, that your brother has that it's some kind of physical rebirth is exactly what Nicodemus asked. He followed up and asked in John 3, you know, how can I go into my mother's womb? Because he also felt it was a physical thing. And Jesus answers there in John chapter 3, he's very clear that it is a spiritual, that spiritual life is what he's referring to. So let me just pull up John 3 here and walk you through it a little bit. Um, but here's the thing, if your brother's not a believer, then he is going to have a hard time with this. If he's a believer and just wants to argue, he's going to have a hard time with this. But here's what Nicodemus says in John 3, verse 4. What do you, And I'm going to read from the New Living Translation because it's a little easier, um, more modern in the language. He says, he says, What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? That's the exact question your brother's dealing with. Nicodemus already answered, asked it 2,000 years ago to Jesus. So here's his response in verse 5. I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the Spirit. Humans, so that's the physical part, humans can only reproduce human life. That's the answer to Nicodemus. I'm not telling you to go back in your mother's womb. He says, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I tell you you have to be born again. And he gives the answer right there. It's a spiritual birth. And maybe reading from a different translation might help him. All right, great question. Um, you know, if your brother's not saved, just remember, you're planting seeds. You're not going to be able to convince him. Uh, you're just planting seeds of the truth. Uh, and Jesus already answered the question. And his issue is, um, your issue, the issue is, answered by Jesus. And then he has this, it sounds like he isn't saved because he has this sense you cycle through until you get your salvation right. That's just foolish. Hebrews says it's a point it wants for a man to die and then the judgment. There is no cycle. So he's got two different issues, right? The cycling thing is totally different. Um, the Bible answers that in Hebrews. It's a point it wants for a man to die and then the judgment. There's not die, live, die, live, die, live, then judgment. It's once. So this is the time to make a decision. And then the born-again question. So your brother actually is mixing up two questions. And they're both answered by the Bible. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Fountain, Colorado. Connie's on the air. Connie, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Ed. I appreciate you taking my call. Um, You're welcome. I have a question, I have a question about, uh, I believe, I'm not really positive on the scripture. I think it's Second Thessalonians uh it talks about the the people that are going to be left in tribulation, and they're going to believe a lie. Yes. And um, I was told uh, by my pastor, actually, that um, 
that the people that that we witness to now, today, and they and they refuse to accept Jesus, that they cannot be saved in the tribulation. Um, my sister and I, my sister has been a Christian for a long time, and so have I, and uh, she totally, totally disagreed with me, and <laughs> it got really, really bad. It's an argument over the scripture. I know. And, I'm sorry. And sh- and we just. Uh, it just got over. It just went out of control um, because right. she dis- she disagreed with this. What do you say well, about that? Let's start the question from a different perspective. I think when we start, when we begin to ask questions and answer them in the context of our eschatological views, that's where things get muddy. Uh, and so I prefer, and I'm going to give you a different perspective on how to answer the question uh, that that may help in talking these things through and it and it's far less debatable although it is a big debate whether a person can lose their salvation or not there is a big debate by that but i don't think the bible really gives much room for that debate the bible could be is pretty clear on this so let's start let's ask this question in this way what is the nature of salvation is it eternal or is it temporary what do it's you say eternal eternal and and from that perspective, if it is eternal, is it from, a, and I know we're asking simple questions, but that's okay. We're going to start simple. Uh, if it's eternal and God saves and he gives a person eternal life, can a person lose their salvation? No. I don't believe so. And I, I think that we could develop that. Uh, in a, I've developed it in much deeper, more theological ways. But from that simple question, the idea of a person um, and their salvation before God is very important. So if a person is saved, then they're not going to fall for the delusion, right? Because God's not going to lie to his people. He's not right. going to, he's, he's going, the delusion that I think that's being referred to in Thessalonians here is very similar because God doesn't change, very similar to what we see with Pharaoh. Imagine just imagine for a moment how close Pharaoh was to God, how loved he was to God by God. God loved Pharaoh so much that he sent not one, but two personal messengers to him. I mean, of all the people on the whole planet Earth, God sent two messengers to him and put his, allowed his nation to be under his, under his control and gave him chance after chance after chance. Like, obviously, God could have delivered his the nation in one shot. Moses, tell him to go. If I don't, if he says no, then I'm just going to wipe him out. We're going to, you just take my people and go. But instead, there was a process with him. There was a process with him. And because, because Pharaoh hardened his heart, God hardened his heart. And then Pharaoh's response to that was, he hardened his heart more. And then God's response to that, you want, if you want a hardened heart, then I'll give you a hardened heart. And each time, it doesn't say he was permanently had a hardened heart. It, we just walk along and see that you could say that, that a big delusion was sent to Pharaoh to believe the lie, but that was a lie he already believed, if that makes sense. Yeah. Are you with me so far? So let's come into the new covenant. We have a very challenging passage when it comes to the end times. And in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, it says, The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with how Satan works. He'll use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders 
that serve the lie and all the ways and the wickedness uh, that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. That's a very important description, isn't it? Those who yeah. are perishing. Though, and I believe that phrase is referring to unbelievers. They perish. Yeah. Why? Because they refused to love the truth and so right. be saved. These are unbelievers, and they believe the lie. So then the question is, when they go into the Great Tribulation period, so we're, you're with me so far, and I'm sure you probably answered in a similar way to your sister. So here we go. These people entered into the Tribulation period. Can they be saved? Yes, until they take the mark of the beast. Because the Bible's clear. Whoever takes the mark of the beast has sealed their fate. And I guess there's two people... There's two types of people in the Bible that cannot be saved. Number one, those that have blasphemed the Holy Spirit. And number two, those that have taken the mark. Otherwise, salvation is open to all. And so knowing the, not knowing the hearts of men, not knowing who's crossed the line in the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, I, d- I believe that even someone believing the lie going into the Great Tribulation period, if they haven't taken the mark and they repent... They'll be saved. Okay. So in Thessalonians, it's not believers. The The Bible's clear. These aren't believers. But even if they were, even if they pretended to be believers, like let's not fool ourselves. People sitting in church doesn't, doesn't mean that they're saved. People giving no. tithes, people reading their Bibles doesn't mean they're saved. And I think even as we're seeing during this crisis with COVID and restrictions where people have fallen away or they haven't come back to church, not because they're sick or anything, but just because they disappeared, they've gone back to a dick. It could be a good indication they were never saved to begin with. Right. So, so I'm, I must have misunderstood uh, when it was preached. I misunderstood what he said about if they Maybe. It might be it might be worth time to just clarify with your pastor what they were sa- yeah. what he was saying. I think that yeah. the idea that believing a lie, you know, the 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 fact that that there are people throughout the the great tribulation. So we're talking two things. We're talking about the condition of these folks going into the great tribulation. It's pretty clear they go in lie, believing a lie. It's pretty clear they go in trusting the antichrist. It's pretty clear that they're perishing, that they're unsaved. I think those things are clear, but what's not clear, at least I draw the line, I believe biblically, maybe your pastor does differently, but I draw the line that until they take the mark of the beast, they don't, they're not forced to believe the lie. They could change their mind and they could repent. I mean, but you read in Revelation, you know, most of those people are not going to repent. Right. We just don't know. It doesn't say everyone, but you got people. There are, there are some that are going to that are going to get saved in the tribulation. Yeah, because and you know God wants to see them saved because He sends the hundred forty four thousand into the great tribulation period. He sends the two witnesses into the great tribulation period. Uh, yeah. People are going to be hidden away in the rock city of Petra during the great tribulation period. So people are definitely going to get saved. I think the question is, will this group be able to be saved? And I would say it. Yes, until they take the mark, and then that's o- then it's over. Okay. Um, thank you very much. And I just have, can I just request a, a prayer request? For, Absolutely. For my children? Okay. Uh, saved, unsaved, okay. anything 
my son's a homosexual. My daughter's a lesbian. And okay. they hate God. They hate God. Father, I pray for... They don't want me to witness. Yeah, I, I can understand that. That so so. Let's talk about this for a second before we pray. I think your son and daughter would be in a very similar position that what we just yeah. described. Um, yeah. They're they're hard hearted right now. They are enjoying a lifestyle that they weren't. They know is is not approved by God. They know is not approved biblically, and they know they weren't raised that way. So that they're conditioning themselves to make sure that anyone that would give them a a biblical point of view like you the one who gave birth to them is as far away from them as possible and that they don't like God and they're angry at the church and all of the lists of things that help substantiate their choice to live this kind of life and let's just say they go into the tribulation period could they be saved I believe they could I believe they could be I, I believe that they could even be saved right now in a very yeah. backslidden way, um, yeah. and involved in in deep sin that will bring great consequences in their life. Um, well, and my, da- I, my daughter had a, a major stroke, and then four mm-hmm. little strokes after that in uh, in August. She was in the hospital for three months, and uh, she's back home, and she's still she's still mad. She's still mad at God, and God saved her. Life, but, uh, she's still mad. She's mad at the well, world. it's a it, you know, and it, it's a, it's a convenient, it's a convenient response. Yeah. To a woman and a man that maybe is living with um, guilt, living with this bad. They're just tired of fighting. They're tired of they're tired of a whole host of things that this sin soaked world has allowed, and. They've chosen a lifestyle that's convenient, that makes them feel good. You know, I have no doubt if they're in, they happen to be in relationships, that it's real love uh, in the sense that they care for one another, that they're enjoying a relationship with one another. I have no doubt about that. Um, it's just misplaced. Um, it's sort of like going to a bank. Um, you can go into a bank and you can take a withdrawal from your account or you can rob the bank. Both ways, you're taking money out you're just do one way is the wrong way. It's misplaced. You there's a consequence for the bank robber. There's not a consequence for the person taking a withdrawal from their account. And and so in light of in light of the lifestyle of your children have been through, the things they've experienced, you know, they're looking for love. The LGBTQ community is looking for love. It's just mm-hmm. radically misplaced. And because of that. And because there is still restrictions, I mean, I think in the next coming years, you're going to find as the government embraces these lifestyles, um, Mm -hmm. it's going to be more prolific, not less, um, from people in leadership at the highest levels. And what we as the church need to maximize is love. And one of the advantages, I know you probably don't feel it right now, Connie, but one of the advantages that you have over me or anyone else is that you're their mom. And there is something special. It may not be felt right now. They may not be admitting it or acknowledging it, but you are in a very unique place uh, that only a mom has. A mom has a very unique love for her kids, and they know that. They may not admit it right now, but they know it, and that's what I'm going to pray. So let's do that. I do pray for Connie first, God. I lift her up to you as a mom, 
And uh, I know a couple other moms in a very similar situation. I just lift them up to you, God, that you would establish and strengthen them in this very painful time. And I pray, God, that you would bring these children, even as adults, uh, back to a place of surrender to you. Not to live to some doctrine or theology, but to have that personal, intimate relationship with you. Uh, I mean, it would bring them to a theological understanding of you, of course, because their theological understanding of you right now is that they're mad at you, that you're worthy of anger, that you've wronged them somehow, God, but we know that not to be the case. And so I pray for them. I pray that they would, even as I was reading this morning, um, the prodigal made the decision to run away in the house, but he made the decision to come back in the pig pen. And so I pray, God, as they leave the house and they go into the pig pen, that that environment would lead them to a place of repentance and humility and bring them back into relationship with you and with their mom in jesus name amen thank you so much you're welcome sister bye-bye Bye. all right here is um a, a real quick uh, text question pastor Ed, do you think you or i could be a part of the 144,000 during the tribulation period uh, no, we will not be a part of the 144,000. I think for two reasons. Number one, uh, 144,000 are of Jewish descent. I am not. Even after my ancestry DNA test, I am not. Uh, and they're explicitly referenced as males from each of the tribes. So n- number one, no. Number two, I don't think I could be a part of them because I don't believe I'll be here for the Great Tribulation period. And I hope as a believer, you're not either. And I believe my in the premillennial, pre-tribulational rapture of the church. And so for those reasons, no, I don't believe. But even if it, uh, it's not a premillennial, pre-tribulation rapture, uh, if you're not a Jewish male, uh, and then no, you will not be a part of the 144,000. 303-690-3000. Love that question. That was a great follow-up question. We got wide open lines, <clears throat> so take advantage of them. Uh, my name is Ed Taylor. We're coming up on the first break. It goes by so quickly, and I'd love to hear from you. 303-690-3000. Uh, I want you to connect with us, download our free apps, turn on notifications. On our church app, we send a notification out every morning, encouragement. I usually put those in, so they're personal encouragements from me. You won't be bombarded with notifications all day. I think the most we've ever sent out in a day was five, but that was very rare. Usually one, two, or three go out. Reminders of Bible studies, reminders of of how much God loves you, reminders that, hey, if you're going through it, listen to this study or uh, sign up for this event. So just go to your app store and put in Ed. Taylor, and uh, our app should pop up. I'm going to do that during the break on my phone, just because I already have them downloaded, but I'm curious if they pop up that way. Uh, So I'll check it, um, and we'll be back on the other end. And then go to my personal website. I write there. Um, I haven't written this year yet, but I'm planning on ramping up my podcast and writing again, edtaylor.org, edtaylor.org. Do not go to .com. That belongs to a professional Santa Claus, and that's not me. But edtaylor.org is, I write on grief after the loss of my son. And by the way, our my latest book is out. It's called God's Help for the Troubled Heart. Uh, and you can get that through my website, edtaylor.org, or you can get it on our store, calvaryco.store. And the good news about this book is not only will it minister to you and maybe give it as a gift to encourage someone, 
Um, but it all the proceeds go to missionaries. Uh, and so that's just how we do things here. Uh, all the proceeds go to our missionaries. And as a matter of fact, I was just um, emailing with um, JJ today. One, two, three, four, five. We're praying about six new missionaries that we're, we're not backing up in COVID. We're pressing in. And so we're looking at six more missionaries. Uganda, Bangladesh, Myanmar is one of them. Colombia is another one. Tijuana, Mexico is another one. Some kids in Komaki, um, Cape Town. Uh, we already support some things in Cape Town, but this is just for specific kids to go to school. We're also praying about Romania and Austin, Texas. Uh, so we're excited. March for Missions is coming up, and we're just excited. And we're going to go where we can go and we pray for open doors um, during this time. We're pressing in. We're not backing up. We're doing. We're we're giving more and being more generous, not less. So you hear the music. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Calvary Live. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Unbelievable how fast things, um, how fast the show goes. But if you're listening, we're live. I'm back. Good to be back. I know we played, we had some guests fill in for me. I appreciate those guys. Love them very much. Love to co-labor with them. Uh, we, it's, it's always good to have a live show, but when we're not able to do a live show, I know they played some, uh, what do they call it? Um, uh, I am a little sick, so my mind uh, is a little bit slow, but we call them encore presentations. That's what we call them. So sometimes you'll hear that, but I'm live right now, unless it said encore before it came on. I'm live. I'm back from Southern California. Got to teach at my home church. I'm going around the country as the Lord opens doors to take my book, uh, God's Help for the Troubled Heart. Um, it is, I'm, I'm doing podcasts, interviews, uh, a lot of promotional things. It is a great book that was unfortunately birthed out of um, great sorrow and sadness uh, in the loss of our son. I dedicated it to my wife, my children, my son, Eddie, and the memory of my son, Eddie, to my grandson, Levi. Um, so encouraged to uh, be able to know that I love the people that are close to me and they inspire me, um, even though it was very difficult. So my son passed away, put me into a time of deep depression. And the book is not a chronicle of all those times. That's a book to be written at a different time. I can't wait to finish that. Uh, I have detailed um, diary entries of almost every day of the last seven years. And it's good. I mean, it's not always good because I had some bad days along the way, but um, every detail that happened in the hospital, everything that was said, everything that was done, um, I got it all. And uh, I'm grateful I was wise enough to write it down because, you know, memories are messed up. So, um, you know, that's a book for another time. This is a book about the Lord and about his goodness because whether it's deep grief and depression or it's sorrow and suffering, or it's a job loss or divorce, um, I, I want to encourage you. Remember what Jesus said? Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. That is my, that's why I've been put on the earth. I've been put on the earth to fight the good fight of faith and to point people to Jesus Christ. Um, other people, you know, they're put, they think they've been put on the earth to gossip and slander and try to tear down, but the Lord's put me on the earth to build up 
to edify, to strengthen. So to get a copy of this book, you can get on on, on anywhere you get books, but specifically you can get it <clears throat> calvaryco.store. Uh, tr- calvary uh, that's our brand new store. We just launched it. <clears throat> Excuse me. We just launched it. Uh, it has apparel on it. It has a very unique selection of books uh, from our bookstore and Calvary Church Apparel. And we want to put these things in your hands. So Calvary CO, that stands for Colorado. Calvary CO dot store. And it'll pop you in. Um, Josh put a lot of work into that and the team in our uh, bookstore put a lot of work into it. So take advantage of it. Um, we've got things are already selling out, but you can get a copy of the book there and all proceeds go to missions. Here's what we do. And this is what happens with our book. Any of the net proceeds um, at the end of the year, the net proceeds from our resurrection coffee house, right? So if you buy a, uh, you buy a coffee at Starbucks, uh, you know, they're supporting all kinds of things. So when you buy a coffee at resurrection coffee, uh, our, we remodel downstairs and have a high-end coffee shop down there. All the net proceeds go to our missionaries. If you buy a book or you buy a sweatshirt to start a conversation, give a gift, all the net proceeds go to missionaries. And then these particular books, um, <clears throat> I've written three now, um, Ordinary Servant on Servant Leadership. I did a little pamphlet. We're going to do more pamphlets here in the future. I did a little pamphlet about getting through things when you think it's never going to end. I want to give you a quick dot shot of encouragement. That's I think we titled that, You Will Get Through This. And that's a must. You should give that away um, for people that think in these prolonged trials. Kind of like COVID. COVID is what uh, prompted it in my heart, but I didn't write it for COVID. I wrote it for prolonged trials. Um, and then this latest book is the one we've been working on forever. And we already got a second, another project. We got a whole list of projects, but we're already working on the next project. Uh, Cassandra's doing all the late work and we're going to have another book out, uh, not too long from now. So pray for us. But anyway, that book is, is part of the ministry of Calvary church. So, um, I, it's not a personal profit for me. Uh, even if it was, I think it'd be okay. Cause there's a lot of work and I, I can answer to the Lord, but it's not, um, I, I want the missionaries to be blessed because what we do, what we do is we have monthly support of missionaries and, and pastors and mission boards. Listen to me. I wish you consider doing this. So we take the proceeds from the res coffee. We take the proceeds from the bookstore and, uh, and then the, and the, the books that I've written, same thing, net proceeds, they all get put in the same thing. And then at the end of the year, not for organizations, but for people and families that we support, because we support organizations too in our missions budget. But for people, we write them, we, we split all that money up and write them an extra check, usually around Christmas, sometimes in January, uh, and we support them. So they get an extra check uh, and the missionaries are, are encouraged to do whatever they want with it, um, you know, special it's just over and above their regular support. Uh, like I was re- watching a, uh, we'll get back to the phone lines. Don't worry, we'll we'll come back. Um, we give me a call three zero three six nine zero three thousand. But I, I'm sharing this because I want to inspire you. I want I want you to become givers. I want you to be generous. I want you to know you might hear oh there's another pastor with his book. Yeah, there's another pastor with his book. And all the proceeds go to missionaries. Isn't that great? And I'm going to have more books and more proceeds um, because the Lord takes care of our family. I have a, I get a salary. The Lord takes care of my family. Uh, and so let's take care of the missionaries. Let's sow seeds of the gospel and be generous. 
And if you're a missions board, hey, you know what? We're going to pick up six or seven new missionaries. You guys pick up six or seven new missionaries. Even if it's just 50 bucks a month or 100 bucks a month or five bucks a month, who cares? Every dollar matters. And not only are you giving money, but then you're going to stay connected. Then you're going to pray for them. Um, You're going to reach out to them. You might have missions march and stir the whole church up about missions. So, man, it's time. This is time not to back up. This is time to press in and uh, go for it. Let's do more, not less. Do more, not less. 303-690-3000. Let me take a text question. It says, what do you say to the person who says a pre-trib rapture of the church is more of a Western idea or more than a modern belief? Well, that's a good question because that is one of the most popular red herrings that are is out there because the development of a pre-tribulational rapture, at least when I teach it, is purely biblical. Uh, biblical. So here's the red herring. The red herring is this. The pre-tribulation rapture was invented by John Darby in 1830. And because it wasn't popular among the church until John Darby made it popular, then now all of a sudden it's become Western. However, you got to go back to the scriptures whenever I'm teaching this text. And by the way, if you guys are interested in anything related to a pre-tribulation rapture, email me directly. I'll send you some links from things you can study it yourself, um, including the studies I did. I think I, I did a study, 12 reasons, and I think I'm going to make that a pamphlet, actually. 12 reasons why I believe in a pre-tribulational rapture, uh, because that's such a popular question. And I never referenced Darby ever. I always reference the scriptures, but let's step back and say, well, let's factor in, let's factor in um, Darby for a second and say, well, it's became very popular with Darby. Did anyone else believe that? Well, there are hints of a view of a pre-tribulational rapture dating back to the times of Irenaeus. He mentions things. Cyprian mentions things. Ephraim the Syrian mentioned things. We're talking 100, 200, 300. Um, I don't have the full list in front of me, um, but let's just let's just go back one step and say, I believe when you use the Bible as your reference, I believe the early church believed in the imminent return of Jesus Christ. I believe they lived with an imminence of his soon return that they didn't live looking for the Antichrist. We know that because John was alive and said, look, we know the Antichrist, capital A, is coming, but there are many Antichrists around. So they were already making that distinction in the New Testament, in the first century. And because Darby happened to make it popular, doesn't eliminate that that biblically, I believe the doctrine of the rapture predated even the writings of some of the scriptures. I believe this belief was put into the hearts of people um, from the study of the book of Daniel. Um, and there was an expectation of Jesus keeping his word. I'm leaving, but I'm coming back. And just like you see me leave, you're going to see me come back. And he's talking to believers and a distinction of coming for his saints, coming with his saints. Um, and that's part of the 12 things, but it's a red herring. And we got to be careful because we jump right into it and go, well, you know, well, let's just make the biblical argument. Let's set aside the church fathers because that's what uh, in, in Roman Catholicism, they always appeal to church fathers. They always appeal to 
history and tradition. Okay, set all that aside. None of that really even matters. John Darby doesn't matter. Irenaeus doesn't matter. What does the Bible say? And I think you can make a strong, extremely strong biblical case for a pre-tribulational rapture. And that's my simple. I mean, obviously, it's going to happen in the context of a, a dialogue. I'm going to you know, honor the person in front of me, listen to them, answer their concerns, that kind of thing. So great question. Thanks for uh, texting in, Joe. You used the wrong number, but that's okay. I'll be patient with you. (laughs) 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Parker. Dennis is on the line. Dennis, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. Thank you. Thanks for letting me talk to you real quick. I have a couple questions for you. So earlier in the show, you had mentioned um, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And I know in Matthew 12 where it talks about it, but... I guess I don't really understand what that what it is, and if the second part of the question can it still happen today? Well, the second part of your question is uh, is is an easy answer. The answer is yes, it can still happen today, uh, and there is a little bit of debate, not much, but a little bit of debate on what exactly this blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is. Um, but we understand the context of it. And the context of it was the rejection of Messiah standing in front of him, the rejection of his teaching, the direction, the, the, the uh, rejection of his um, deity. He, he was wholly rejected by the group of Pharisees on top of what was attributed to the work. The work of God was attributed to the devil. And so you can say that this group of people, the Pharisees, they committed a sin that in in their minds, it was much more than just like a verbal thing. Because, you know, blasphemy can be mistaken with the blasphemy. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is an event where you and I can still blasphemy God. We can have blasphemies in our mouth. We can say things against God. We can say things about God and not commit this unpardonable sin. This sin seems to be the turning point in a person's life of no return that they are so hardened and have so rejected God that of their own free will they've crossed the line that can't be crossed back and the problem with this is is that we don't know if a person committed this sin we don't know so we're not when we will never know until things are sorted out at the great white throne or at the bema seat so because of that we just keep um we just um, we just keep giving uh, insight to, uh, or we keep giving the gospel and insight to the love of God, hoping that you know God knows whatever He's wanting to accomplish in their lives. But yes, it can happen today, and people still deny God to this day. But the, but it, I guess in Matthew twelve it says, anyone speaks word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But yes. whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, so. I guess, like you said, it's an action, and we wouldn't know, or it's more of an inter- internal thing of hardening of hearts. Is that what you're saying? Not. Yeah, I, mean, I think. I, know I think that that's a hardens, that. Dis- you're bringing out that distinction: the difference between blasphemies and being a blasphemer, and this event, this one act. You know the, and I believe in general, if we had to back up completely, in the way I would say, the way I would answer it in a general sense is this. The, the only unforgivable sin is the rejection of Jesus Christ. And that rejection of Jesus Christ is exemplified through this blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. 
Um, all other sins can be forgiven, but if you die rejecting Jesus Christ, then you're dying in your unforgiven sin. Okay, yeah, that makes Okay, thank you for taking that step back. That that helps. Okay, well, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for calling, Dennis. Yeah, you too. Have a great day. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Uh, Pastor Ed, have you read The Great Controversy, and what do you think of it? I have not read it, and I don't even know what it is. Um, never heard of it. So, no. Uh, we pe- um, next text question. Uh, we Will people knowingly accept the mark of the beast? Yes. Will it be obvious to believers? Yes. Or will the mark be deception? Yes. <laughs> and you go, oh, wait a minute, Ed, that doesn't make sense. No, there'll be deception involved. There'll be, um, I think we're, we're seeing a prelude of that in our culture today with vaccines, with the ability of, a gov- of the worldwide shutdowns, with deception and lies surrounding the shutdowns. And we, we still don't know the full truth. And I don't know that we ever will. So deception will surround the Antichrist. He's a big liar, period. And the one world government and the one world religion and the one world economic system will be one big lie, but it'll have parts of truth in it. Like that's what deception is. It presents itself as truth, but it's actually a lie. Uh, So deception will be involved. However, the mark of the beast will be taken willingly. It will be not only a physical thing, but it's more importantly a spiritual thing. It's sort of like a baby being water baptized. Uh, a baby being water baptized doesn't count because water baptism are for those that are acknowledging their faith in Jesus Christ. And I know it comes from a sense of covenant theology, but uh, it's it's not biblical. Infant baptism is not biblical, period. Um, the church isn't Israel. Baptism hasn't taken over circumcision Uh, the mark today of a true believer is the blood of Jesus Christ, period, being born again. So to baptize an infant does nothing more than making it get wet. So that if you grow up and you're listening right now, go, but Ed, I think I'm a believer in God because my parents baptized me in the church and I went through confirmation and, and all. No, that doesn't save you. You just got wet and you went through religious activity. Uh, as a earlier question came in, unless a man is born again, unless a woman is born again, he will not see the kingdom of heaven. Uh, so that that is water baptism on a baby is like, um, you know, let's just say, um, I know there's a lot of, of uh, what do you call it, um, conspiracy theories that the vaccine or a vaccine is the mark of the beast and that you get the vaccine because you went to the doctor and you got mumps and you got rabies and you got the flu shot. And then they threw in uh, the, the COVID vaccine and you didn't know it and they did it. And they, you know, cause you thought you were getting other shots. You go, Oh no, I got the mark of the beast. No, you didn't get the mark of the beast. You didn't willingly accept it. And you didn't willingly vow allegiance to worship the antichrist and reject God. So people will knowingly accept the mark of the beast. And it could come because they're hungry and they don't want to die. You know, I think that's a big thing that you're seeing in the church today. When things don't, what we've noticed when the political environment, uh, the believers are very upset that things didn't go their way. They're very upset that things didn't go their way. 
And I'm not saying that there isn't some validity to being upset, but they're so upset that they're fighting. They're fighting a war that isn't from the Lord. They're fighting in the physical realm. They've forgotten the gospel. They're upset about things that have no eternal value. And that is, that's deception. So we as believers can be deceived. But let's just say, you know, that we'll do anything we, we'll, the attitude is this, I'll do anything I need to get my way. That's the kind of people that are going to take the mark of the beast. The kind of people that will receive the mark of the beast. True believers will reject it. And I believe it'll be obvious to believers. I think the whole, you'll have the internal confirmation of the Holy Spirit, but it will be obvious because you will be walking in abiding relationship with him. And, you know, the same Holy Spirit that says don't steal is the same Holy Spirit will say that's the Antichrist. The same Holy Spirit that says you're on the earth to share the gospel and to love that person, to give them money and to help them and to be hospitable. So, um, yes. <laughs> 303-690-3000. I love this, these questions. Um, very good today. Um, and by the way, I'm seeing some emails come through. If you want information on the pre-tribulational rapture, email me at ed at edtaylor.org, ed at edtaylor.org, and I will return that email with a, li- a series of Dropbox links for you to read up on the topic of the rapture. It's okay if you don't uh, believe in a pre-tribulational rapture. Um, it's okay if you can make a biblical case um, not. It's, it's okay. It's just what is your view eschatologically doing to help you further the gospel? That's probably the most important part of this. Uh, and if you hold to a view that looks for the great tribulation period, then you're gonna you're not gonna be really serious about things until the great tribulation period comes. And you know, there's different consequences for different beliefs. So <coughs> excuse me. Email me ed at edtaylor.org. I'll turn it around and send you a whole series of links that will keep you busy for a while. Uh, but the John Darby, although you could say that he made it more popular, um, it's that's a red herring. That's like saying, you know, you learned something from your pastor and now you're all excited about it as if your pastor made it up. Uh, your, hopefully your pastor didn't make it up, um, but you can go back to the scriptures and you can validate that theology from what the Bible says in context. Uh, and I did a study for our church and I wrote it up on my, on my, on my blog at edtaylor.org. 12 reasons why I believe in a pre-tribulational rapture. I encourage you to uh, look it up and go to edtaylor.org and look it up. I think it'll help you, uh, give you enough scriptures to look at to begin with. 303-690-3000 is the number. Pastor Ed, another text question. It should not surprise us that people during the millennium will reject God, correct? Lucifer himself and third of his rebellious angels witnessed the awesome act of creation and still rejected God. Correct. So why shouldn't human beings also reject God no matter what signs or wonders? Well, I think that people make their choices based on what they see and feel and experience. So I agree with you. I'm not surprised. I mean, uh, I, I was about to say it very quickly. I'm not surprised people reject God. But in some cases, I am surprised. You know, that like the Bible says that even the elect would be deceived. And that's a heavy scripture. You know, that's like, man, 
people that are elect? And I mean, is that the full theological predestined elect or is it just a chosen group of people? Like that's heavy, but you're right. You're right, Stacey. I'm, um, we shouldn't be overly surprised that people will reject even with signs and wonders. However, the opposite seems to be more prevalent and that is people are deceived by signs and wonders. I mean, you look at this Bethel things where they got, they, they say that gold dust is coming from the roof. That's how some nonsense. And then, you know, it kind of attracted to them and then they're attracted to their false theology. Um, you know, people are all upset because you sing songs from Bethel, which are solid biblical great songs. That That's not what leads people to believe in false teaching. What believes leads people to believe in false teachings are lies. And if you sing a song that's filled with lies, then you'll probably believe lies. But you sing a song that's filled with truth, you're going to believe in truth. Um, and so... That's a different topic altogether, but you're right. I agree. <clears throat> so here's another question. It's great. Lot. Thank you guys for filling up our text line today. Do you think it's possible for a saved person to backslide and believe false teaching? Yes. And then believe, begin to live a life of blaspheming of the Holy Spirit? No. Or does that show they were never really saved? Yes. So I think you got it. I think a true believer can backslide. I did a whole series on this in the beginning of the book of Hebrews <clears throat> that's available on our website um, and on our app in the beginning, there's a series of back. I think I, I was looking at the titles the other day. It's like six ways to backslide. Um, that's a, that's a uh, catchy title. <laughs> I'm not really good with titles, but that was pretty catchy. So uh, you, you want more of what the Bible has to say about backslide. It's actually a Bible word. It's not made up. Uh, and is it possible to backslide and get involved in false teaching? Yes, yes, a true believer. Is it possible for them to live a life blaspheming the Holy Spirit? I believe only unbelievers blaspheme the Holy Spirit. And if blasphemy of the Holy Spirit was a sin that someone committed, yes, I believe that just shows they were never really saved to begin with. Remember, there is a group of people, I think it's First John, uh, let me see if I can find it here, it's First John two eighteen or three eighteen. Let's see, or three eight. Let me just see here. Well, three eighteen is good. Let me just read it for the sake of uh, three eighteen. Says, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's show the truth by our actions. So that's a word from the Lord for someone. Um, so definitely a word for me to be to continue to walk in love, even if I don't see the fruit of it. Um, so I don't think it's too. 3.8, so let's see if it's 2.8. Um, but anyway, he John talks about, uh, it's 2.19. These people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us. I'm reading from the New, New Living. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved they did not belong with us. So there are groups of people that, through the trying, through the pruning, through the testing, like the man that Jesus said, build his house on the sand, Looks like a believer, sounds like a believer, acts like a believer, and then the trials and difficulties reveal that they were never a believer to begin with. But because we don't know, we're just going to keep pointing people to the Lord and encouraging them. Well, that comes to the end of the program today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. I see the emails coming through. Um, many people emailing me directly. I'll, I'll respond to those emails with the links for the rapture. I think it'll encourage you and strengthen you and uh, again, if you're looking for information on a pre-tribulational rapture, email me at ed at edtaylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, ed at edtaylor.org. And if you want to see things that I've written on this, 
uh, and made it available, you can go to edtaylor.org. It's my website. And uh, church here is calvaryco.church. I am hoping that this cold is gone. I'll be back this weekend. We're back in the book of Hebrews, talking about the grace of God this weekend. And so if I'm symptom-free, I get to come back. And I'm just feeling like the symptoms are less and less. And I'm praying that God will make it symptom-free so I can be back with the church uh, and be back together studying the Word of God. For more information, go to calvaryco.church. Right now, we're still registering, uh, and you can register right there. We have Saturday night service at 6 p.m., Sunday morning services, 845 and 1045. We are meeting in person. We have always been online since they invented the technology. We've always been live online in one form or another uh, for whatever we could afford. So we are online uh, we are we go we are live online video uh, through your Roku through the app through the website anywhere you can get it YouTube Facebook all of that uh, we're all live there you can subscribe and get updates and we're also live audio on Grace FM throughout the front range here um, they we carry our live service you tune in at 6 p.m. and you're like in the sanctuary with us you're in your car. You might be listening in prison or in a hospital bed. You're with us. I mean, it's almost as if your hospital bed or your jail cell is right there in the sanctuary. And I, I teach you and think of you and pray for you as if you were in the room with us. Uh, so join us online. Join us in person. We'll make room for you. We have reasonable distancing. Yes, we're requiring face coverings, reasonable distancing, but you'll get used to it, believe me. And we'll make room for you in the room, in the building, as the Lord continues to bless us as we gather. We're open. I hope your church is open too. So come on out, calvaryco.church. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.